I was very aware in the beginning that I thought that if it would affect us, we would have to not work together. It would be much easier rather than, than jeopardise our love and our friendship. But it's actually worked out really well and I'm thrilled. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. So today I have a very special pair of and Mary Newland. Now, I'm going to read the little bio that we've got here. So they are a mother and daughter who have worked together for four years and renovate homes to either Airbnb or sell for profit. They also manage four Airbnb properties, have renovated five properties and have two reno projects in the pipeline. They decided to collaborate after int- attending an inspirational talk by me. So I'm gonna, certainly going to repeat that. They signed up to the School of Renovating, which gave them not only the training and confidence they needed, but equally important, gave them the group support and the family of people who helped them through challenges and celebrated each and every goal they kicked in their journey. So thank you for that lovely little intro. I guess what I wanted to talk about today is really focus on Airbnb because that's your speciality. And But firstly, do you want to just share a little bit about the current projects that you have on the go, the renovation projects that you're doing? Okay, so at the moment we're just finishing a joint venture in Woodend. It should be on the open market in the next week or two. I've been saying that for a few weeks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will will get finished. I will get my balcony railing eventually. We've also just finished a small bathroom renovation in South Melbourne and I suppose it's we're a little bit under the pump because the tiler's still there, the people are moving in tomorrow <laughs> and it's all <laughs> it'll be done. It'll be done. It'll be, right. playing, it'll be done, but yeah. we're a bit mm. yeah. and we've we've just prepared Port Melbourne to go on the market. So we've had the photos taken and this is in between clients. So we've got a very good agent who We had one half a day between mm-hmm. someone moving out and someone moving in. So he came and did the photos in that gap. And then we've got a two-week gap in November from someone's in there now for seven weeks and then two-week gap and then I think someone's there for another month. Yes. Um, yeah. They'll do a, the campaign in those it's two in weeks. Those two weeks. So. <laughs> but anyway, that'll go. And then Lila's got a new project starting in January, which she's already working on now. Yeah, yeah. a four-bedroom house in Woodend um, on a bit of acreage that they want to turn an old 70s brick house into a French country house. So that's going to be... <laughs> and so look at you going off doing your own projects. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. projects like a, a dream project. Yeah, it know? is. It's what you'd love to do for yourself. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. But you already have the French country house, both of you actually. Yeah. True, true. <laughs> It'll be easy. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think that's really good, and I'm loving. So that's the value of having multiple sort of strategies in your toolkit. So being able to fill in the gaps with projects for someone else is, yeah, yeah. it's a great, yeah. So you're a textbook case of really making the most of renovating. Yes. So first I wanted to ask about you working together. So 
what sort of impact that does that have on your relationship? Because I really believe in the ripple effect in what we're doing, like, and I think that you epitomise that, the fact that you've been able to create a life and a business out of it. But what does that mean for your relationship? Do you need to set boundaries around what you do roles, have defined roles, and how does that work? Well, I think, first of all, you have to like each other. (laughs) That helps. For me, it was obviously because I was in the business to start with and then Lila came into it was actually learning to step back and not be the mother and just listen and know that she also has great insight. So I would say now after four years, the roles are probably reversed and I just get, I just do what I get told. <laughs> argue about it and then you yeah, argue about it. <laughs> no, it's been good. It hasn't affected our relationship, which I probably I think we've got a stronger bond. I was very aware in the beginning that I thought that if it would affect us, we would have to not work together. It would be much easier rather than than jeopardise, you know, our love and our friendship. But it's actually worked out really well and I'm thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Lila? Yeah, so I do mainly all the managing and dealing with all the clients and things and mum usually just comes help do changeovers and we're doing like a little reno here or there and things like that. Or if I can't get somewhere, she steps in. But, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, oh, sorry. I just noticed that some someone in the Facebook group made a comment. So the comment was, wow, four years and you still survived. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's, And I, I also think that the other day, because I used to have a corporate cafe and catering business and the other day we were talk, our family was talking about how all the kids went through and worked there when they were going to uni. And David reminded me of how many times I sacked him. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really as bad as that, but oh my God. He was at when, oh yes, he was at that teenage phase where he's very, you know, when they're quite challenging and have their yeah. So you've obviously done well. Yeah. <laughs> no one's been sacked yet. <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's a grain. Yeah, way into the relationship. Do you want to talk about what sort of properties you host, both for yourselves and, you know, so I, I, you do host for some other clients, don't you? A couple, yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose our properties, how we started off was the reason that we Airbnb was because we bought properties to hold for our retirement. And to, if you Airbnb, you get such a greater return so that you can pay off that property much quicker, which is perhaps not necessarily for the accountant the way to go, but even if you put that money then in an offset account, so you don't pay off the loan, so you still can deduct your interest. But it is a fantastic way to build up your own wealth by by basically paying off your property much, much quicker, which allows you also then to, you know, expand more. So those properties was very much close to the city, close to public transport, and really that's what we concentrated on. Nowadays, it's a bit different. Those properties do well. One is close to the beach and the other one is close to Albert Park, so they do really well. But other properties that we um, that we host, well, you should take over from there. Yes, yeah, so I've your- got my one-bedroom my own Harley's one-bedroom apartment that we bought and renovated. We stepped all the courtyard, so it's a really nice 
outdoor area and made it a little bit quirky so it's a little bit different and that goes really well and being a one bedroom the return versus three bedroom house is a lot better considering your investment in it so we've got that one and then we've got another one who we do for a client and that's I think on the ninth floor looking over St Kilda Beach so when we do clients ones we want something really different or really special not just another house because they're the really special ones or something that's will catch people's eyes do really well so yeah that one's in St Kilda so on the border of St Kilda and Middle Park so yeah, yeah. yeah. still working on not anything that we have to we're just waiting, waiting on the client because he's got a most beautiful country house in Woodend, but it's like within 100 metres of the town centre. So that will do, so things like that will do, it's really quite grand when you walk in, so that will do quite well. Things that, yeah, that that are just that little bit different that, like I said, people kept, and they've always booked those properties, always. And so I I did actually put a photo of your South Melbourne home property in the Facebook group when I was promoting this morning, Island. Do you mind just sharing the figures a bit, like what you bought it for, what you'd get on long term and what you're getting now? Yeah, so we bought it for four nineteen. We spent, I think it was $30,000 doing it. We gutted it and did everything. And then we got it revalued at six eighty. So that was a lot. And we get, we earn about anywhere from 1000 to $1,300 a week from it. That's amazing. That's really amazing. And I think the point you make about it needing to be a special property, the days of any old property doing well on Airbnb are well and truly gone, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So it really is. And I think from, you know, there's a big argument about the fact that Airbnb is taking over from, you know, like is sort of squeezing out people who need rental properties, where I think that I think it's important to make the point that your property needs to have some wow, you know, which is what you're saying that you are. So that means that all the sort of run-of-the-mill everyday types of properties probably should be going on Airbnb because they're probably not going to do very well anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And so when you're taking on a client... I'm assuming you have criteria. Yes. (laughs) We try, well, I try and make sure that I can get along with them and that they're going to let me, trust me to run it how it should be run and not try and interfere a lot because the whole point of hiring me is to (laughs) let me do what I'm good at. So that's probably the main thing that they understand just to, that it's just like renting it out normally you know, you give it to an agent and then they deal with it and if there's any problems or whatever, then I will, you know, talk to them about if there's, you know, something needs fixing, whatever. So that's probably the main thing. I don't particularly want to deal with anyone too difficult (laughs) (laughs) because, yeah, it's not fun then. No, no, people are too precious. Yeah. Quite often, depending on the person really, we generally like to deal with people who have an investment property so they don't actually live there. there. We do make exceptions. Like I said, we get on with the person and we know that they're going to be away for X amount of months, six months or something of the year, then we can work around that. But when it comes to other people who we perhaps don't know quite so well, it's much easier for us if it's an investment property then they're not so precious. If Not that anything has ever happened, but 
lo and behold, it'll be, you know, grandma's crockery that'll get yeah. broken or whatever. And then there's a whole disaster with that. So you don't do that type of complication. Yeah. I think that's, so you went on the tour to Maggie's in Trentham, Mary. Yeah. And that place is chock-a-block full of curios and gorgeous things. But the point that the guys, the owners made was that, well, operators, was that they don't sort of put anything in the home that they would be absolutely devastated if it was broken because that's just a fact of life and it's not about having, like, disrespectful Yes, it's just accidents happen. So I think that's wise. And what about the styling? Do you let them do their own styling or how do you manage that? No, no we, if it's already furnished, then we usually try and dress it up as much as we can. We usually say, you know, this is how much it'll roughly cost and to try and let them allow me to style it how we want it to look because that is obviously another huge factor. If it's not styled well, it's not going to be rented out. So, yeah, we try and if it, they need new furniture, then I can help them with the new furniture or if there's already furniture in there, then we try and style around the yeah. furniture yeah. and make it look as possible. So we went yeah. out with someone the other day yeah. to buy new furniture, new lounge suites yeah. and rugs and things like that. So that was quite fun, actually. Yeah. That sounds like a really good job. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, <laughs> especially when we came in a lot under budget. Yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that happens very often. No. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you sort of tend to go for longer stays. Is that across all your properties? Yes, yeah. 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 I've put up on Airbnb minimum stay of 21 days always and we'll only sort of drop it if, you know, we're getting to two weeks or even a week before and, you know, a month is not being booked, then I'll drop it back to one week. I'll never do anything less than one week. Or if we've got, you know, two long stays and there's a gap in between, I'll also drop it. But again, only down to one week. And are you finding that's fairly reliable in terms of getting both? Yes, yeah. Everything's booked out at least. Well, South Melbourne's booked out until May or June next year. My apartment's down till New Year and Port Melbourne's also in the New Year. It's all booked out. So it's, yeah, we always have people. It's always booked out. Oh, that's really, really good. And just let's just go back to COVID. How did it go during COVID? We, in the, I think it was the first month or two. Yeah, the first three months. Three months, very quiet. One of the properties we had a couple from America who permanently travelled. They sort of got stuck here. So they ended up staying, I think it was 18 months. Yeah. One of the properties. That was really good. And then the other two were really slow. So I just did a big, group email to all the producers of all the films and TV series and everything saying if you need accommodation and we got a lot of business out of that. So that really, we're actually really busy. I think it was one of our best years um, was during COVID because of all the production companies. Well, and so did you have a database? Is that a database you collected from other guests? No, I just went online and looked up all production companies in the area or in Victoria and, you know, I knew a lot of series were coming out. You sort of just Google it, what series are being filmed in Melbourne and things like that, and it shows you who produces them. And then I just found their email online. Right, yeah. And do are you building a database? I've got a lot of producers' emails now through that. So they sort of 
they stay with you and they sort of forget about you. So you've got to just keep reminding them every time, you know, every probably six months that you're still there and there because they sort of just forget and then they go, oh, yeah, we're looking for accommodation. But they they don't think they had their own database, which is odd. Yeah. So, yeah, you just got to keep yeah. reminding them you're there. That's really, that's really because we're, you know, in business world, probably know this, email marketing is meant to be the holy grail. And a lot of people say email is dead, but that's really interesting. So, yeah, yeah, because it's like, yeah, beautiful. And the fact that you've been able to identify that niche, and is that because you've had a lot of those types of guests before or what do you think about looking at film crews? Uh, well, my husband's sort of in that industry and he was just talking to me how the government were giving all these grants to productions to come film in Melbourne and then we were talking about that and then he's like, well, they actually always look for accommodation. So it was probably his idea. <laughs> I'll give him the credit for that one. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. But you know what? The idea is only half the action that's what delivers the outcome and that's really well done, Ryla. Thank you. In terms of the type of property, what would be your, what do you think is the most, the best type of property to have on short-term rental? Is it a house? Is it an apartment? Is it a townhouse? What What would you, if you, in an ideal world, if you could just pick what you took on, what would it be and, and I guess why? For us, probably the easiest and the most successful is the one-bedroom apartment. It's really close to the city. It has a big outdoor space and has a car park. So. They're rented out, well, comparative to what there is to what you get back is huge and they're just nonstop in demand. So I would do, you know, you could probably get five, two or three one-bedroom apartments to a house and you get a lot more return out of them. Yeah. It, it depends what your, your main strategy is. Like I said, when you're trying to, if you want good cash flow, yeah, the one bedroom apartments are great. So their their capital growth is perhaps not as no, not as as great as what a house is. So if you're if you're buying to try and provide for your retirement, I'd probably do a, a mixture. I would buy a you know a house that hopefully will increase in value over time, and the with the one bedroom apartments for your um, for your cash flow. Yeah. 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 And I think what I've found is that the bigger the property, the more work, the more costs, the more people, the more yeah. risk of, you know, parties. Yeah. So, yeah. And I definitely think the smaller ones are a lot easier to yeah. manage. How we, so during COVID, we had the factory floor on and we were pretty solidly booked the whole time because we allowed pets. Uh, and a lot yeah. of people were doing renovations and needed somewhere to go with their pets. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's important to find your niche, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't that we allow pets, but if someone asks, it just depends on each individual. Yeah, it depends on the pet. Yeah. 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 Okay. So do you have a, an opinion on what areas in Melbourne work best? <laughs> The short-term rental? Well, our two places in South Melbourne do a lot better than Port Melbourne, which mm-hmm. is interesting because Port Melbourne is really lovely. I think anything close to the city without being in the city does really well. Yeah, yeah and but Port Melbourne's on the beach. I don't know. I don't know why that one doesn't do as well as the others. I think maybe because it's called Port Melbourne and people from overseas don't want to stay in a port. I think it's okay. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elwood, we had one in Elwood that did quite well, but Elwood's tricky because it's not near any public transport. It's a bit hard to get to. You have to have a car. Um, yeah. Yeah. South Melbourne for us is definitely the best. Yeah. Um, and the one in St Kilda West does quite well. Yeah. And I, I would think in a city, Melbourne, if you yeah, had a, a, a one bedroom apartment right in yeah. the city, but something old, something old, yeah. you know, something that has a bit of character, yes. I think that would do well. And if you had parkings, that would be really, really good. But yeah. I mentioned come with parking. I think I always look at the apartments in the city and dream that yeah. oh, that'd be a lovely place to, to stay you know <laughs> really old buildings yeah, yeah beautiful old buildings but uh, but yeah I suppose that's where I, I would I would like to invest yeah. As, yeah 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 and so I know that you have your own website and you're on Airbnb are you on any other platforms no just those two we had we were on stays or whatever it's called now but we had an incident where our TV was stolen and they were not helpful at all. They're just, you know, I did have a, a bond, security bond, which was I think $400. And they're like, oh, you just got to put your security bond up. And I said, yeah, but was well, supposed to have a $3,000 security bond every time someone stays. I can't do that. Whereas Airbnb respond a lot better yeah. to flame. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really use that one anymore, just Airbnb and our, our website. And so where would you say most of your bookings come from? Do they come from? Airbnb, not even your own website. I think it's probably about 65 to 70% from Airbnb and then the rest through our website or through me emailing people or things like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And the other question I wanted to ask you because I know you were doing this at one stage is paid social media ads. So are you still promoting through Instagram? No. You've got a bit hard. I think that I was really keen, especially after that talk with that James gave. I got all really excited about it. <laughs> the thing is, we we're fully booked. So, Lana said, it's a lot of extra work. A lot, you know, she said, and what for really? We have more houses. It's not as if we don't have any other houses that we can, can rent yeah. out. So, we've been a bit. Slack on, on I think it's a great idea. I think yeah. if someone else did it, I would like it. But yeah, because I love looking at other people's Instagram. Yeah, thank yeah. I think it's is it Katrina? I was yeah. studio even. I love her Instagram page because it, all, it always looks like it's a new place. It's, it looks fantastic. But I don't have be quite honest. I don't have the the energy <laughs> to to do it. Finding the content, like the photos and things, is tricky. Yeah, I'm not that creative. So I'm, yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, like you yeah, said. Yeah, so just to know. So I, if anyone is, oh, golly me, I'm getting phone calls now. If anyone online wants to ask a question, I will, oh, there's Katrina. Good <laughs> on you, Katrina. Anyone wants to ask a question, just type it in and I will ask. So I just wanted to ask you, and this is was not on the list, but I'm going to ask anyhow. What was, what's been the most horrendous, scary or funny thing that's happened with your business? We once had a, like a three-day party apparently at one of the properties. The neighbours didn't tell us. I don't know why they didn't call us, but they didn't. There was apparently limos rocking up. and Yeah, it was one of these ones where we went outside our criteria of who we would rent to. It was a last-minute last booking. booking. We normally, we never do last-minute bookings. But it sounded really genuine, you know. And it was for like a week. So yeah. we're like, you know, 
should be all right. <laughs> it wasn't all right. You know, <laughs> it wasn't all right. Yes, he was a photographer in Melbourne to do photography, but it wasn't of the Melbourne sites. It was all these models that he had <laughs> locking up in his limos. Yes, to photograph. The neighbours were saying that there was quite a lot of noise going on as well. So they said they weren't very impressed. But we said we shouldn't run us. We would have dealt with it but they didn't damage anything luckily it was just really like, was makeup, makeup stains everywhere, everywhere. that's very I've learned now how to get makeup off but yes that but Airbnb were very good with yes, that they, were. they um, paid for a lot of well not only extra cleaning but they replaced paid for replacements carpet or rugs and a chair yeah yeah we were that's really the worst thing yes that was probably the worst thing yes <laughs> Well, and you've certainly given the Airbnb insurance a workout. Well, it's, it's actually called host guarantee, which is good because now we know we can rely on it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. very good. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, thank you for being here. I think everyone will enjoy your um, your tips and tricks on how you manage your listings. And congratulations on doing such an amazing job. Are you open to more clients if someone has a suitable property? Yeah, I think because well, yeah. once Port Melbourne sold, we'll be down a house, so we yes. have a bit more time. So, yeah, definitely. Okay, beautiful. So we will include details of how to contact Lila in the show notes. And thanks for coming. Okay. Thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. If you want to meet up with a group of savvy renovating, I shouldn't say it's all women because it's not, savvy renovators, I'll say, come over and join She Renovates. It's completely free Facebook group and it is growing at the rate of knots. We hit a 1,000 members just recently and now it seems to have picked up momentum. And so they are all savvy renovating women and men that are working their little hearts out to live a better life through renovating. Join if you're not already a member and then ask, comment and do whatever you would like to do in order to further your renovation journey. And that's it for me today. So I'll see you next week. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com. 